dynamic performance, sophisticated British style, MG Pilot Smart Speed Assist, the new standard in performance, style and safety. With so many impressive inclusions, this is value you've never seen before. The all-new MG HS, the SUV you've never seen before. Welcome to Give Our Guys One-on-One, driven by MG. My guest today is a former NBL Rookie of the Year. Uh, went to the Australian Institute of Sport, played at college, NBA, and now the new recruit for Adelaide 36ers, Isaac Humphries. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, how's your time been in Adelaide so far? So far, I know you've been there, I think, three or four months. Um, you had to quarantine, I believe, for the first two weeks. How was that uh, little period of time stuck in a, in a room? I know our guys... They were stuck with windows that didn't open it and it wasn't the best two weeks. Well, Adelaide was kind of pretty good at that point. So they were letting us um, quarantine in our apartments, not in hotels. So I was just at home and I live at Henley Beach, pretty much on the beach. So I was I was laughing like it was a, it was a nice couple of weeks. I mean, I'd been working out a lot during the off season. Well, whatever we called that, that period um, yeah. when we were at, when we were in like lockdown or whatever, I was working out a ton in Sydney. So the two weeks was welcome, to be honest. I actually liked two weeks and yeah, got a little break and got straight back into it as soon as I finished. It was good to refresh and just have a bit of time off, I would imagine. I, I've talked to a few of you guys. I know you, you train a lot like we are as well. Um, you guys just had that little um, semi-lockdown again for you know three or four days. That would have been good again, probably to get a few days away from the court just to, to hit the reset button in, in pre-season again. Yeah, it was good. Um, but uh, we actually had a break kind of planned that time anyway. So we uh, just coincidentally worked out that the that the lockdown was our break. So, um, but it's weird. Like, I mean, you would know it's weird. Um, people telling you to just stay inside and you can't leave. It's just a weird feeling. So um, I don't know. We were all kind of uh, confused by it all and just we would have rather practiced. <laughs> but oh, well, it's all good. You, I don't know about yourself. I don't go out and do too much stuff outside of. I normally like to come home and just put my legs up. But when someone tells you that you have to stay there, it's a lot different than they're just doing it yourself, right? Hundred percent. I spend most of my time at home by myself or with the boys, like just chilling. And uh, you know, quarantine that lockdown's kind of made for someone like me. Like I love being <laughs> by myself. Like I said, I love it. But when it's forced on you like that, you just I don't know, you kind of, so much of you wants to go outside and do as much as you can. <laughs> and uh, how, how's the, the new team been? Obviously, Adelaide's uh, had a real revamp, new coach, new systems, probably um, a whole bunch of new players, a few returning. How's uh, your first few few months been with a uh, new team? It's been really good. We, uh, we gelled super quickly. Um, we all kind of knew each other from various different things, and there was one degree of separation between a lot of us. So, um yeah, we gelled really quick. We we've been practicing a ton for a like for a really long time as well. So we had no choice but to kind of come together and just I don't know do everything together. So, um, but that's what it's like. I mean, you get every new team you're on, you get ten to fifteen new best friends, and you just kind of learn to love each other and live with each other and do everything together. And uh, this team specifically, we uh we sort of do everything together on the court and then. All together off the court as well. We're very, we're very uh, united. It's it's a, it's an awesome little team. 
And you're able to play a couple of preseason games. I know Brisbane didn't have their full team, but to be able to, to get out in front of your new home crowd, which I'm sure you're, you're going to enjoy for, for the season, the crowd there, they get right behind their team. But to have that crowd come out and play some actual games against different uh, a different team, that must have been good to get out there and have a little bit of a run around. Yeah, that was sick. We, uh, we really enjoyed that. Um, having some like a different opponent that wasn't us for the first time in months was uh, was awesome. And for a lot of us, it was the first time we'd played in, you know, almost a year. So it was uh, maybe not a year, but, you know, like a long time. So uh, it was a great hit out. We loved it. And I think it was just about figuring out where we are and how, how we'll be as a team and putting the pieces together. And it was a good sort of first indication of how it will all go. And I think we did a pretty good job as a, as a team and the whole weekend itself with the COVID tests and everything like that. Um, how the NBL would go and stuff. It, I think we did a pretty good job, and um, yeah, it was it was a great weekend. And um, I seen the the celebrity. Um, I think it was like a fundraiser with all the old school plays. You know, uh, Brett Maher, Kevin Brooks. Uh, how how fun was that to to have see those old guys come back? I'm sure the crowd there still would have loved seeing them run around and shoot some shots. But to be a part of that and to I think to raise some money for for that young boy as well. Yeah, Cooper. It was uh, for Cooper's leg. He because he uh, had his leg amputated and he was we're raising money for a new leg and stuff like that um, so he can get out and play basketball more often. Uh, and it was kind of his return back from his surgery and all that stuff. So it was really cool, that side of it, um, as well as, you know, seeing Marzi hit a three from his logo, like on the on the court was, was awesome as well. Um, yeah, just kind of getting out there and having a bit of fun. And um, it, it kind of took the, the edge off a bit because we had those games and then, that, that weekend right after. So it took that, that edge and the nerves off a bit, starting with a bit of fun and stuff like that. So it was good. It was for a great cause and we all had a really good time. And a great, like I said before, you're really going to enjoy playing in front of that crowd, especially when you win the games, but they just get so behind it. Great crowd to play in front of. Um, you mentioned you live in Henley Beach and I know you said you like to stay at home, but have you been able to get out and see bits of Adelaide? I, I love my four years there. Super easy to get around. Like it probably takes you 20 minutes to get anywhere, but... Um, yeah. Down by the beach, and especially with summer coming up, uh, you'll enjoy that. But have you been able to get around? And some wineries there are pretty cool. But um, have you seen much of the state yet? Yeah, I've, I've actually seen um, a lot. I've been down to Marion Bay, which is over on the uh, peninsula over there. Um, went down to Port Wollonga last weekend. Uh, been to the wineries, kind of seen all the beaches down up and down the coast. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, this group is really connected. So we all like to do things together and we all kind of want to explore and uh, do that sort of thing all the time. So I've surprisingly seen a lot of um, SA and Adelaide and it's uh, very underrated. It's beautiful here. People don't realise how, how nice it is here. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely keep this location in the memory for a long time. That's awesome. Um, now you, you went to AS like a lot of young, uh, you know, athletes. Um, you went to prep school before, obviously, going to college. Was that uh, was that like a, a study thing that you had to go and get your grades up, or why did you choose, or why did you go to, I think, somewhere in Indiana to go to prep school before your college um, started? Uh, it wasn't anything to do with grades or anything like that. Um, it was just, I just felt like it was time to kind of head over to the US and start that chapter of my life. I knew that I was going to go there eventually for college, but um, the situation that I was in and I was a young kid, it just kind of felt right to go over early and get a head start on that American system and American culture and uh, 
yeah, I mean, I loved that experience too. I learned a lot in high school. Those that, that half a year to a year I was in high school. And then obviously I went to Kentucky right from there at 17. And it just, the high school experience really prepared me for the, uh, the culture shock of America because it's, it's very similar to Australia, but it's not as well. So um, people are different where uh, we, we all think differently in different countries. It's weird. So it kind of took me a little bit to get used to it. And then it helped being thrown into such a massive environment at Kentucky. Um, having a bit of a head start really helped that. How was your two years there? Um, I talked to Jack White, obviously he went to Duke and, and playing at a big school, um, Kentucky's, you know, right up there as well, massive school, playing in front of that crowd and stuff. But how were you? You know, you obviously you got to be an American and live that life a little bit, but I guess starting out at a big school like that and you two years there. Yeah, Kentucky's, I mean, it's an insane place. It's it's uh it's almost you can't really describe it unless you're kind of in amongst it. It's um it's weird. Like the fandom's crazy, the uh the just the way you practice, like everything's like NBA pretty much. So you you essentially learn how to be a pro and how to be in the NBA from day one. Um, and I was 17 when I went there. So getting getting used to being chased down the street by fans and having people like camp out the front of where we live to get autographs every day was, was weird for sure. It took a little bit of getting used to. Um, but once you kind of get, get past the craziness that is Kentucky, you uh, you really learn a lot and the coaches are amazing and my basketball just kind of went in a whole new direction. And I learned so much in, from that experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, shit, it feels like so long ago I was uh, at Kentucky, but um, yeah, that, that, that experience totally changed and shaped who I am for sure. And how I attack basketball and how I go about my career now, for sure. Kentucky seemed to be, I'm assuming not all schools are like, like Kentucky seemed to have a lot of, you know, one and dones and a lot of NBA um, draftees. And do you think it's more that school? I know there's probably a couple like it, more that school that are, are set up that way, more an NBA style to prepare kids to go straight away and get them used to it at a quicker rate? Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, the whole system of one and done and coming in, cycling through, it's, it's definitely a thing. And coming in and learning real discipline really quick and having to play with 10 other superstars, all that sort of thing is exactly what you have in the NBA. So it just, it really prepares you um, almost immediately. But uh, I mean, I was there for two years. So um, yeah, just double, double whatever, double what the one on one, one on one on, oh, geez, double what the one and dones get. But um, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's hard to explain Kentucky because it's just a, it's a crazy world. It's just yeah. insane there. And obviously some great teammates. Um, I don't know them all, but obviously Jamal Murray is one that you got to play with and you still keep in contact with, with those guys that have, have obviously moved on to the NBA and obviously he's a superstar with the Nuggets, but just one teammate I've seen on your page. Um, do you keep in contact with them at all um, still since obviously being, being gone for a while now? Yeah, we all, we all try to keep in contact as much as we can. Some of us were closer with others, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, Jamal and I were really good friends in college. We had a little group and we were, uh, we were great friends and we've kept in contact a lot and we spent a lot of time with each other in the off season in, in LA and stuff like that just when we were in the same city. So um, yeah, you do for sure make lifelong friends. We go through so much. I mean, you know what it's like. We all go through so much together. So you can't, you can't not have you know, like these lifelong relationships. Uh, granted, we don't talk to each other every day. Like we, yeah. we, we can't, we have stuff going on all the time, but as a whole, the Kentucky fraternity is uh, 
is very strong. It's like everywhere you go, there's somewhere, someone linked to Kentucky somehow. You mentioned um, you got the two-year experience at the one and dones. Um, is there some kind of pressure going to Kentucky that you feel like you have to, you know, maybe enter the draft? Like if you, would you um, make the same decision again to enter the draft after two years? Um, obviously knowing what's happened, obviously you didn't get drafted, but um, is there that added pressure because you're at that school and a lot of the guys do do that? Or are there, are there many athletes who stay for the full four years? Not many, but there are some. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't actually enter the draft my first year. I was too young. I wasn't, I was, I think you have to be like 19 or something and I was still 17 or 18. So I couldn't enter the draft my first year. Not that I would have, but um, in my second year, I don't, I knew I wasn't going to be drafted. It was just, it was in my mind time to leave college and start my pro career, knowing it probably wasn't going to be in the NBA. It was going to be in Europe or uh, in Australia, which ended yeah. up happening. But um yeah, my mindset was just, I've done two years now, like I've, I've got a lot out of it and it's, and it's, it's a crazy world. I just need to kind of regroup and refocus and kind of find myself again because you, you'd lose a lot of who you are in that, in that world. So um, yeah, that was kind of my mindset. People stay four years and graduate and go on to, you know, still play and play in the NBA. It's just different for everyone. Yeah. Um, a lot of people come to Kentucky with the goal of, one and done and just straight up coming, getting the business done and, and leaving. And that's totally fine as well. That wasn't, that was never going to be my situation. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't regret anything at all. I, I, if I had to change my mind, if I could change my decision, I probably would have stayed another year to be honest, but yeah. I don't regret anything at all. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you come to Sydney, you play with the Kings was, um, was Europe a strong chance? Obviously you've played, I think you played in Serbia for, for one year, maybe. Um, but Sydney to play back home in front of your home crowd and, and to do that, was that, was that part of the reason why, or was um, that the best option at the time to, to play, come and play with the Kings? Yeah, no, that, being home in Sydney and with my family and, and all that sort of collective stuff uh, was definitely a big part of why I chose to come back to Australia. Europe was kind of the, the direction we were going and um Sydney came on board and we just sort of evaluated it all. And it just made the most sense after how intense Kentucky was to just be at home and live with my mom again and like have her do my laundry or something like just <laughs> little, little things like that, that you forget about. Um, I was 19, like I was a child. I needed to, uh, I needed to find myself again and figure out what was going on. So um, yeah, I, I think that move was awesome. I loved my time in Sydney. I had a great experience. Uh, it was a weird year for sure, but it was still a really good experience. And obviously, uh, you know, rookie of the year, that must have been a pretty big honor to a uh, big achievement to, you know, be a rookie of the year. Um, can't remember the King's year. I know it was definitely up and down, but obviously to win that award is, is pretty special. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, it was a weird year. We were up and down for sure. And to finish the year like that was, uh, was really good we kind of finally came together towards the end of that year and won like our last six games in a row or something and then uh and then we and then i got the award so it just uh topped off a, a strange year but it was uh it was still an awesome experience and, and getting the award um it was definitely a goal of mine coming into the season i, I wanted to win rookie of the year I, I worked all year to kind of not get the award but to to prove myself as a rookie and yeah and uh 
I was uh, very proud of getting that award. It, it's, it sits on my mum's mantle at home and, and uh, she loves it. So <laughs> That's unreal. It sounds like, I mean, obviously the college experience was pretty full on. Like you said, just obviously that's not for everyone just to, like you said, and being a younger kid, but yeah, to have that year back at home, back with family a normal life, yeah. living normal um, to, to win that award. And like you said, you don't play the game to win individual awards, but like you said, to show the work you've done and that you deserve it is, is probably why we all do it. Um, how was is, how is Serbia playing in Europe? Obviously, it's a different lifestyle that people don't really understand when you play in Europe, that the trainings and the schedule and just everything about it is just whole almost 10 month seasons and depend, yeah. depending on where you play. But how was your time um, over there? It was, uh, that was another crazy experience as well. I went from the Kings straight to Serbia and did, kind of finished the season out there um so i was only there for three months i guess but it was that i mean i was in serbia which is notorious for just practice all the time and yelling and intense stuff i remember my first not my first but kind of first couple of weeks there um i didn't really have a translator so i never really knew what was going on the whole three months <laughs> i was there um but you could this time at practice you could kind of tell because uh, we, we showed up and I was just kind of getting ready for practice and half the team wasn't there. And I'm thinking, what's going on? And I don't know anything because I can't speak to anyone. And uh, they showed up like one or two minutes late. And uh, the coach literally made us run 45 suicides and practice was over. It was just 45 suicides. It took two hours and practice was finished because they were a minute late. And that was just the craziest like example of Serbia. Um, and that was the second practice of the day. Like, didn't care. It was, it's just wild over there. Um, culturally, that was a cool experience, obviously. But uh, but yeah, it was um, that was a tough one actually. Getting through those couple of months was tough. Well, I, I know like you have tour days and stuff, but to just come in and just run for like crazy, just and no rules. Like who's going to hold them accountable to like? No, exactly. No, there's no like players association like calling up the coach right. like hey, you, you can't be doing that, right? It's just like. No, Whatever. just run until you pass out, pretty much. <laughs> um, what, what's it like, you know, being in a timeout and him trying to draw up something or, like, trying to tell you how to defensive schemes and just whatever, just, you just, um, are there other, were there other Americans or Aussies or anyone else that you could kind of just look at and try and let them tell you what was going on or you just have there to try were, it? There was two people that spoke English and it was, uh, one was from Russia and it was super broken English and, uh, and one from Nigeria, but had played in uh, Florida. So he was pretty Americanized. Um, but other than that, like that was literally it. So in timeouts, um, I just kind of had to read the board and figure it out. And uh, I, I mean, I did have like the assistant coach was supposed to kind of talk to me about stuff, but in a game, the assistant coach is coaching and he's not coming over to tell me what's going on. <laughs> so I just winged it literally and just relied on basketball rules and, uh, I don't know. You kind of learn, you learn a lot about how much you know the game really in that situation. So um, that was interesting for sure. But, you know, they're, they're calling plays in Serbian. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what we're running right now. So it was a weird time. That's for sure. I've always wondered what that would be like. Like we had a, a Japanese play with us in Brisbane and trying to explain him offenses and stuff. And I can imagine for him, it's like the flip side where he just got no idea what the hell we're saying in English. But yeah. You should run around and he's in the wrong spot and you kind of get mad, but I understand that would be pretty hard to, uh, to kind of handle. 
Um, yeah, I had some, some time in the NBA. Um, obviously, a bunch of some G League teams. Um, you know, how was you know, summer leagues and stuff? How, how were they, um, you know, part of the summer league? And then, um, obviously, being a part of, I think, the, the Hawks G League team, the, the Bay Hawks. Um, you know, how was that before, obviously, get, getting elevated to the, to the actual team? Yeah, uh, it, the G League's a test. It really is. Like, you uh, you really need to – it's a grind for sure. It's not – it's not um, it's nothing pretty about it. It's not easy. Uh, you travel a lot. You train a lot. You go to random-ass cities, and it's tough. But uh, um, but that t- absolutely shaped my my NBA experience uh, from then on because without Erie, the, with the Bay, without my time with the Bayhawks, it just um, – it just wouldn't have happened because you, you learn so many fundamental basics and, and, and hard work. And it's not about glitz and glamor anymore. It's literally just about loving basketball and wanting to get better and just, and just playing really hard and really well to get to that next level. Uh, and, you know, then I got my chance in the NBA and that was my first taste of real NBA basketball. I'd obviously played in summer league and stuff like that, but I mean, I don't think that is any, uh, comparison to suiting up in a real game and like actually walking out there and playing some like literally the best players in the world. So um, that was awesome. I, I loved that experience. And then to be able to do it again the next year with Orlando and uh, and kind of just it's it's strange. Like you get almost used to it and you just kind of you start knowing everyone and and becoming friends with everyone just like we do in the NBL and. And you kind of become a part of that fraternity as well and that group. And uh, that was the cool part for me, kind of starting to feel really comfortable in that environment was the cool part for me. Uh, feeling like you belonged and, and actually being a part of it was was awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to hopefully one day get back over there when the world's back to normal and when uh, the opportunity arises. So, yeah, uh, I, I call upon my experiences in the NBA in the US all the time. How was the first, obviously, I'm assuming it was a goal for you to make the NBA. Um, so, obviously, the, the, the call-up, you know, I live with Creaky, and when he got the call-up that he's actually making, the, the, you know, the, um, the the main team, whatever, the, the call to find out he was going to be an NBA player, like, absolutely loved it um, as a goal of his. I, I would assume it was a goal of yours to make the NBA. Like, how was that experience, finding out you were being elevated and, and playing in your first actual NBA game? Yeah, it's it's it really is wild. I know, and Cricky and I were doing the same thing the same year. So we were, we we were we were playing each other. We were in the exact same position. So it uh, it's so he does know exactly kind of that process. But um, it's that call that you kind of wait for forever, and then when it actually happens, it's just you kind of black out. Honestly, like you just don't really. Uh, I didn't I didn't expect it. I was on my way to the airport to fly home to Australia. So uh, I was packed up. I played a whole season you go through the weird emotions of like packing up your whole apartment and and leaving another team forever you know like that weird last day after you've done so much uh and i was on my way to the airport and my agent called and yeah got got the good call up and i was still going to the airport and they just changed it all and i went to atlanta instead <laughs> so it was, uh, it was crazy Drop, drop of a hat, you could be doing anything, like changing teams. Yeah. One night, you either fly to a new team or you could be playing playing a game. It's just, that's how wild the NBA Crazy. is. Crazy. So, 
and actually um, arriving there and putting on my jersey and walking out for the first time um, was really cool. And we were playing the Spurs, so Paddy was there, and uh, I got some guard, you know, the Marcus Aldridge, who's a great player. Um, yeah. He's someone I've looked up to for a while and watched his game for ages. So to be able to play him was was really cool. Uh, scored my first bucket, like that sort of thing is just it, it sticks with you forever. So. And I'm assuming your mum would have been pretty happy finding out that, that his son was going to play in an NBA game. Yeah, she actually came. She came over. Um, yeah, so she flew over and met me in San Antonio. And um, afterwards, I, I went out and saw her and she just looked like she'd been crying the whole time. And yeah, she okay. had. She's like straight up. I just cried the whole time. I didn't, didn't know how else to react. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like we, we work so hard and we do all this stuff, but we forget how much it impacts everyone else, what we do. And, you know, there's, there's so many other people that have helped us get to that moment. And that moment's not just about you anymore. Like it's, there's so many other people that you're doing that for. So it really uh, put it into perspective for me. I've got no doubt your mum probably took a photo of that first ever shot and put it up on the mantelpiece next year, Rookie of the Year. Trophy. Next to the award. <laughs> next to the Rookie of the Year. <laughs> um, and obviously trying to get back there, like you said, when COVID's done, um, trying to get back there at some point. To, would you um, go back to the G League if that's an option and then try and work your way back up again? Or is it, is it solely just for, if it's an NBA team option, you would do that? Um, what, what's your kind of thought process behind, you know, trying to go back? Yeah, I think I've I think I've done my time in the G League. Uh, I think two years was kind of our cutoff. It was let's do two years and see how we go. I unfortunately got injured my second year, so I was out pretty much the whole year and didn't really get a chance to um, do anything with that season. And then Corona happened, so I never even got to um, get any call ups after the the season. So yeah, the second year was a bit weird, but um, but. I think, yeah, like I said, I've done my time in the G League. I think it, it was very valuable. We all learn a lot from the G League. And uh, my mindset is is just to keep working and keep getting better to a point where I have a solid spot on a roster and that's the goal. Um, you, you, you've had some, spent some time with the Australian team, junior staff, I think under 16 Oceania, under 17 world champs, um, also the, the Asia Cup in Kazakhstan. How is that playing for the Boomers representing Australia and obviously different kind of situations, but you know, anytime you get to wear the green and gold for your country in the, in the national team is a massive honor. So how was that and, and representing Australia? That was, um, that was really cool. Apart from, you know, besides going to some of the most random places in the world, <laughs> um, Kazakhstan and Iran, like who would have ever gone there? But uh, apart from that, it was, it's always an incredible experience putting the green and gold on really. It, it puts a lot of things into perspective and how, proud you are of your country and um that was a great group of guys uh over there and um you almost work you, like again you work you work so hard in your professional career for your professional goals but playing for the boomers is always in the back of our heads and we we always want to play for the boomers when we can and uh, i remember as a kid as a kid growing up playing for australia was you know still holds some of the the best basketball memories that i have so um I love my, any opportunity I get to play for Australia and I can't wait to continue that and put on the green and gold a bit more officially soon. No, no doubt. Now, obviously you're a talented basketballer, but you also have a lot of talent off the court. Uh, singing something that you love to do and are very good at. Um, where, where did you find the passion for that? Was it at a younger age? Have you always sung and you, you play the piano or the, the keyboard or the... 
you know, where, where did that kind of come from? Yeah, I was a, I was a pretty musical kid as this, that was weird. I was a pretty uh, musical kid. So uh, before I grew really tall, um, I just was into music and playing music and doing all that sort of thing. And then I grew super tall and tried basketball and everything took a backseat because basketball just went crazy. And uh, eventually I got to a point where I could juggle both. And now I'm, yeah, just, I, I have my music on the side and I, I balance both. I record music when I can, I write when I can, I have a piano in the other room and I just practice, you know, every afternoon and just flush my brain a bit. Uh, it's something that has just been a release for me for so long. And it's, um, it's something totally different than sport. It's very creative and uses a different section of your brain. And, and uh, it's just, I just love it. It's something I just love to do. And it's just slowly getting bigger and bigger, which is awesome. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. People ask me about my music all the time. And to me, it's just something I've done forever. And it's just uh, something I love to do, but I can totally understand why people are so intrigued by it. Well, I think just because most basketballers don't really have too much else. I mean, you have little things going on, but it's just so unique to, to be able to do that. Um, you've performed at weddings. Um, I think in front of you, to actually talk to me about the benefit concert you, you ran. I think you organized, you performed in, I think for the Ronald McDonald house, maybe. Yep. Um, talk yep. me through that and how that all came about. Yeah, so when I was actually at Kentucky, I uh, had an idea to put on a show there because our fans were so, so much that I knew that it would just go crazy. Yeah. And, um, and a part of college is that you can't make money. So that's where the, not that my first um, instinct was to make money, but it just led me down the avenue of charity and giving it to, giving it elsewhere. And I just kind of had that idea and then just saved it for a while and eventually went to some people in Kentucky and said, this is the idea I have. Um, I'm, very confident we can get this done and we we just put a little group of people together and uh it definitely helps being a kentucky basketball player in lexington because you can almost get anything ever done so uh we yeah we did that and we went to the the, the house around mcdonald house and they were more than happy to get on board and and uh yeah put it all together and we ended up putting you know a whole show on in a massive theater and uh we raised, I think, a little over 15000 for a tiny little run on McDonald House on campus at, in Kentucky. So, um, and not just the money, but the awareness that it raised for other families that need help and, um, and for the house as well was, was crazy. And we've now built that partnership and we had another one planned for May 8th, I think, this year, but we, we had to cancel it, obviously, because of coronavirus. But um, yeah, we'll continue to do that and just build it to make it bigger and better. And it's uh, just going to be a yearly thing. It's unreal. Do you get more nervous uh, playing in a big game in front of, I don't know how many thousands of people or performing on stage, singing? Um, what do you get more nervous? Which one? Uh, I don't really get nervous at all, to be honest. So neither, but it's, it's definitely different. I know basketball so well and I, I play in front of thousands of people all the time. So I know that feeling and I know I can stay in control and I know I'm, I'm all good. But I had never performed a headline show by myself for 800 people in a theatre. So I didn't really, um, 
I didn't really know how to react, but I wasn't nervous. I was, I just kind of calmed down. It was just the unknown. I think that was a little, little yeah. different, but now that I've done it, I'm sure I'll be fine next time. Um, but yeah, neither. I just, I guess it's just different. I don't know. I've been told by a very reliable source that you enjoy the Christmas is one of the most, your most enjoyable times of the year. Is that true? Tommy Garland. <laughs> Can he? Jace. Oh my God. So this whole Christmas thing, it's just going to haunt me forever. I think, uh, it wasn't, it's not a thing. It's, we were, I was sitting with Tommy Garland in, with the Kings ages ago. And we just were talking about Christmas and I was excited because I hadn't been home for Christmas in years. And apparently that, that, I don't know, is an obsession, but no, I, I, I'm just normal with Christmas. I promise. I really don't, I don't, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't have an obsession with Christmas. <laughs> I feel like you could make your own, you know, Christmas album, sing, re-sing all this old songs and. Yeah. Would, yeah. I'm sure. That's you, on the cards for sure. <laughs> no, no question. Um, also here, I know you, I think I just read, uh, you met John Legend. Um, I'm assuming you probably met a whole bunch of other artists. Um, Drake potentially, I think he might be a Kentucky Wildcat fan, but, um, you know, meeting these guys and, and getting to talk to them and spend much time with, um, you know, artists like that. Yeah, that's, that's been really cool because obviously my, I have that music interest and being around literally the best performers and artists in the world uh is awesome i mean i it's that's and that's purely come through basketball so i don't know just they're usually fans of the teams i'm on or um i have a really good little group of friends in la that are in the music industry who um just kind of let me come along with them places and those places are just uh just massive plate like big time places with big time people and you just kind of pick their brains and learn, learn, learn from them. And um, I don't know, I don't really think too much into that stuff. It's just, if, if it happens, it happens. I don't know. And then uh, I believe you may have spent a bit of time at JLo's house. A little, <laughs> yeah. did, that, did that happen? Yeah. I, I, uh, Jennifer's a friend through one of my, uh, one of those friends in LA. And um, we just, I just kept getting invited to these things um, for Jennifer and I would obviously go and uh, yeah, we just created, you know, every time more and more of a connection and, and uh, when I'm in LA, I can, yeah, just pretty much do do stuff with them. I don't know. It's, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> but yeah, I've spent Christmas with Jennifer in her house and um, been over many times and go to her events and uh, all sorts of things. So it's, uh, that's a, pretty cool part the, the coolest thing for me is seeing how the music's all made to be honest yeah. but everyone's in a different things it seems like just another day for you like just hanging out with j-lo on christmas at a house <laughs> and stuff, but i guarantee to a lot of people that will listen to this and watch this they'll be extremely jealous um i think it's amazing man what you're doing um off the court that stuff the charity work and that's not the the benefits not the only stuff you've done obviously there's a whole bunch of other charity work and hospital visits i think and stuff that you do so um, I think that stuff's amazing, man. Obviously, the on-court Thanks. stuff will speak for itself, but all that, all that other stuff to just raise awareness and money, and um, even the night you guys had for the um, for Cooper and Adelaide, that stuff's amazing and will just affect yeah. so many people in, in a positive way. So um, that's all I've got for you, man. I appreciate um, you taking time out. Um, yeah, that, that stuff's amazing to hear, and 
Um, you'll have a lot of fun in Adelaide, no doubt. Great city, especially when you win. When you lose, you, there's not too many cheers going on just quietly. So but, I've heard. <laughs> uh, when you win, man, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing place to play. So um, good luck for the season. Um, we'll catch you once we start up. But yeah, I appreciate you taking time out. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think we can finish this without at least bringing up the little, I'm trying to experience that we've had in the past. I, I, I have never played with you or anything like that, but the one experience we have is you literally blinding me for a week. And <laughs> it was crazy, but that was a, uh, that was a funny, do you remember that? I do not. You don't remember that? No. Damn. Okay. Well, I'll walk you through it. <laughs> so we were playing each other and I went for a rebound and you came through and poked me in the eye and your whole finger went in my eye. And it ripped my retina from the oh, the, yeah. pu the pupil and it flooded my eye and I was rushed to hospital like all night. It was crazy. And then I was blind for a whole week and I was like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> and I don't know, that was crazy to me. But that's the only memory I have of you just poking my eye out. So. Oh, no, awesome. No, that's sweet. Well, <laughs> I won't do that again, I promise. Well, nah, man. it's all good. Yeah, how good. Anyway, I just thought I was funny. I like to leave uh, lasting memories, so I'm glad that, uh, that that stuck with you for a while. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this will overtake that one from now on. Absolutely. But now, nah, man, I do, I do appreciate it. Uh, like I said, good luck for the season. No doubt we'll catch you throughout and, and keep doing out their work. Keep posting uh, some more songs and hopefully we can see a, a Christmas uh, remake album maybe come yeah. out. There's one song on there. I have one Christmas song, but not a, uh, I don't have an album. I see that. We'll get there. Oh, Holy Night? Yeah, yeah. That's up on there. Well, hopefully uh, so. we can add some some links to this. And you, Do you want to throw out a few little bars while we, before we finish up? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no way. I know Liam Santa Maria tried to get you to sing a, a few little bars, a couple of lines, but uh, I thought I'd have a crack. Nah, it's all good. Not happening, though. <laughs> we'll organise something. We'll organise Yeah, something. we'll do it properly. That's my thing. I like to do it properly. If we do it properly, then it's sweet. <laughs> but it's no. just... It's hard to just sing like that. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But no, man, appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll be in touch soon. But uh, yeah, good luck for the season. Thank you. You too.